and just giving praise to him, the goodness of God, and just his hand in our life. Speaking of prayer, I don't know if you guys uh, watch a lot of football, but I think even people that don't watch football might have heard about um, uh, something that happened this week on Monday Night Football, which is one of the bigger uh, broadcast of the year. There's only one game happening, and so all sports fans are watching it. And uh, this past Monday, a player was uh, hit and had a uh, you know heart attack right there on the field. And the ambulance came out, and they had uh, they had to perform CPR on him, and had it in different reports happening and stuff like that. And and it caused a lot of prayer to take place. And in the moment, this long delay, the the broadcasters are uh, speechless, not sure how do you even describe, you know, what's going on. And the players um, on both teams, there's hundreds of people um, on the field and they're they're kneeling and they're praying. I know most of them, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't judge them, but I would say (laughs) A lot of them uh, probably aren't Christians. But in the moment of tragedy of their uh, brother and their friend, um, what's going on? They're scared. And who do they turn to? God, right? And they have uh, coaches and and other uh, teammates that are probably disciples of Christ that have probably tried to reach to them in the past. And in this moment, they're turning to the Lord. And it's, it's a... Uh, tragedy. It was, you know, kind of hard to to watch, but also, I mean, life happens every day, and stuff like that happens and causes us to to turn to the Lord. But something a little bit different that I just wanted to point out today is just how much it brought God's uh, God's glory <laughs> to the forefront of the week. There was um, on ESPN. Uh, there was, um, they do, you know, I've made fun of Hallmark, so my wife makes fun of ESPN, and they have talking heads that literally they talk about the same thing, uh, just, what's your point of view? Well, what's your opinion? Well, what's your opinion? <laughs> so um, I have never seen them even, um, the, the most they talk about God is when they use his name in vain, Right? They never pray. They never talk about God. Sometimes in an interview with players, the player will give glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's awesome. It's powerful for them to use that platform. Um, But that's about the the most of it. And uh, I I saw a clip, and the, the, the guy's name is Dan Orlovsky. He used to play football, and now he analyzes football on ESPN. And at the end of his show... He says, guys, we've talked about praying for, the, the player's name was Damar Hamlin. Uh, we've talked about praying for him. We've expressed that, uh, you know, we're praying for him. So I'm going to pray for him right now. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head and, and I'm going to pray to Jesus and I'm going to say his name. And, and so you can join me. And right there on national TV, uh, he prays and it was a beautiful prayer and, um, it was awesome, and I'm watching it on my phone, but I don't spend a lot of time on my phone, but I'm watching it on my phone and thinking, I have never seen ESPN do that. I thought they would cut away. 
I thought they would, you know, they're probably telling him in his ear, his little listening device, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, okay? I thought they would cut away from him, but they didn't. And so God's name in the middle of this tragedy, and the guy, um, the player has uh, lived, and he's doing a lot better the last couple of days. I think he's still in the hospital, but he's going to live. And it's just a testimony of prayer, the power of prayer. And all these people who have never prayed before, never uh, really know, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you, but that's about the deepest extent of their relationship. Now they're seeing that the player's going to be okay and he's going to be out of the hospital and they can directly relate it to their prayers to God. And so it was a powerful moment because um, we know as Christians and those people know um, the man that, that prayed on ESPN knows uh, that prayer changes things. Prayer has an impact. And we know that the guy, the God that we pray to uh, has the power uh, to change things. I had a um, professor in, in Bible college that said, uh, he would tell us, prayer changes the prayer more than the thing prayed for. Meaning when you bring yourself to pray to God over anything and you may be praying uh, unselfishly for someone else to be healed or someone else, you know, God help them, bless them. God is actually going to change you more because you're, you're growing closer to him, you're drawing closer to him, you're spending time with him. And you may just say one sentence of, of a prayer, but God uh, is working in your mind and your heart to build up your faith. Okay? So uh, encourage you, encourage you to be uh, praying and understanding that God uh, changes things and your prayers activate the kingdom of God. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, If you want to turn with me, we're going to read from Genesis chapter 28. I'll have uh, our main verse will be on the screen, but it's hard to it's hard to put a big chunk of the Bible scripture on the TV on the screen. But uh, Genesis 28, the first book of the Bible, and chapter 28 is towards the end of that. This is a story of Jacob, Jacob and Esau. You probably have heard of, maybe, uh, Isaac was their father, Abraham was their grandfather, God had made promises with Abraham that his descendants would be like the uh, sand on the shores or like the stars in the sky, all of, um, all of his uh, descendants, uh, he would be our father, basically. So we came up with that amazing children's song called Father Abraham Had Many Sons and You wave your arm and by the end you're doing turns and everybody do that song before yeah, all right should we do it right now or no just kidding <laughs> so uh jacob is the grandson of abraham and uh him and esau kind of have uh fought a little bit um because esau was isaac's favorite jacob was his um mother's favorite it says that in the bible Jacob has taken the um, birthright and the blessing of his father now. And so Esau is basically um, hunting him down, chasing him. Or at the moment of our story, Jacob has run and he's fleeing. 
Um, so we start in verse 10. It says, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and he lay down to sleep. He had a dream. This is our key verse today. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway. Some of your versions may say a ladder resting on the earth with its top reaching into heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid, and, and he said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone that he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar, and he poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz or Luz. Back then, when uh, a powerful moment with the Lord would happen, they would set up altars, and you would probably see altars or uh, something to signify something awesome happening, powerful happening with the Lord there throughout the uh, country of Israel. You would see these, and so that's what, uh, when something means something to them, hey, we're going to bless this place. So I don't know how large of a pillow this rock was, probably not enormous, or he wouldn't be able to lay his head on it, but he pours oil to bless that place and he calls it Bethel like I mentioned earlier in our service it's it means the house of God and and our founding fathers of this church uh, I think it used to be called I know it used to be called Bethel Chapel Uh, this is the house of God Um, it was their intentions to meet God here right I don't know that I've ever preached from this passage of scripture I've heard about Jacob's ladder and, you know, you kind of talk about it at different times, but I don't know that I've preached from it. In it, we have Jacob who's running from his home and the threat of his brother Esau. God had promised his father Isaac and his grandfather Abraham that they would father many nations and have many descendants. And God now uh, reconfirms that uh, blessing onto Jacob. And that promise. But the way in which he did it is what I want us to focus on this morning. We really learn about the spiritual realm uh, in this story and how we have access to God. God uses a dream. He speaks to Jacob in this dream. 
And he uh, shows him a ladder or a staircase. It's kind of translated differently. But if you could imagine uh, a stairway all the way to heaven and he's seeing angels moving back and forth and he's seeing God at the top and God begins to speak to him. But it's a, it's a great picture of what's happening uh, every day, still, still today. If we would be able to see what's happening in the spiritual world, there's probably angels in this room uh, with us today. There's probably demons waiting outside that when we would leave this place, they would try to diminish what God has done in your life here today. When you go to your work or go to your school or go to your uh, restaurants or anywhere, um, the spiritual world is real. Um, It's powerful, and that's probably why we can't see it. Uh, We probably wouldn't be able to bear it. Um, Moses had to hide his face just from the glory of God was passing by him. He wouldn't, he couldn't handle just that. And so I don't think we would be able to handle, uh, being able to see (laughs) the spirit, what's happening in the spiritual world. But God gives us a glimpse through this dream that Isaac has, or Jacob has, excuse me. In, in the book of Hebrews, as we noted last week, the author tells us how Jesus is our high priest and he's our mediator to God the Father. He's interceding for us. When we pray, he agrees with us in prayer and he takes our request to the Father if it aligns with his character and his will. Um, when we pray, oh, I wish this guy was never born, or I wish this guy wasn't, wasn't living, I wish this person was dead, he's, he's not going to pray that to his father. It has to be stuff that would align with his will. But also in Hebrews, the author describes the order of authority, for, for lack of a better term, of, of where we stand, where God stands, and where the angels are. In chapter 1, we learn that God the Father is on the throne and Jesus is too, and he's sitting at the Father's right hand, meaning he's not any less than God the Father, but he's the Son, he has the power, and he has the deity, um, but he's the Son of God. And they interact with one another. Jesus uh, prays to him. And when he was on earth, he talked about his relationship with God the Father. And then uh, Hebrews then uh, describes that angels are less than Jesus, but they are greater than us humans. And that's told in in Hebrews 2, 6, and 7. But in Hebrews 1, 14, the author says about angels that They are all ministering spirits and they're sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. For all of us believers, uh, whether a new believer or an old believer, we have inherited salvation. We uh, We are followers of Christ. The angels are ministering spirits sent out uh, to do what God has commissioned them to do. And I have a slide here of, of the great role that angels play 
in carrying out the answers to our prayers. That when we pray, just like that stairway of angels coming down and going, God is, is commissioning them, sending them, I need you to answer this prayer. Uh, you need to do this and do that and do that and do this. Uh, these are the different roles that they have. If you would like this list, you can either take a picture of it or I can email you uh, my notes. First off, they help work in Christ's redemptive mission. And that's found in Matthew 1, uh, verse 20 to 24. They minister to Christians in the verse we just read. So in, in this capacity, angels rejoice over one sinner who repents in Luke 15, verse 10. When you have prayed uh, for your loved one or your uh, friend or family member that doesn't know God and you pray for their salvation, God will send angels to help them uh, to know God and his work in their life. It's still uh, up to them to choose to uh, follow God or not, but God uses angels for his redeeming mission. They, angels serve on behalf of God's people, Daniel 3.25 and Matthew 18.10. Angels observe the life of the Christian congregation. 1 Corinthians 11 uh, and Ephesians 3 have examples of that. Angels bring messages from God, Zechariah 1.14 and Acts 10.1 through 8. Angels bring answers to prayer, Daniel 9.21 and Acts 10.4. Angels appear in dreams to believers, Matthew 1.20 and 2.13. Angels, sometimes uh, they help interpret prophetic dreams and visions, Daniel chapter 7. Angels will strengthen God's people in trials, Matthew 4, 11, and Luke 22. And when I would look up each of these scriptures to, you know, check them out before I tell you that this is what they mean, I wanted to confirm that. And when they strengthen God's people in trials, these two uh, examples are uh, with Jesus. And we may think, oh, well, they just ministered to him because he's Jesus, okay? But he was human at that time. And he went through the temptations that we go through Okay, and, and after that um, is the, the one instance of um, Matthew 4.11 that they came and they ministered to him. God will use angels to minister to you through your trials and your temptations. Angels protect saints who fear God and hate evil in Psalms 34 verse 7 and 91 verse 11. Angels uh, punish those who are God's enemies in Acts 12, 23, and Revelation uh, chapter 14 uh, through chapter 16, verse 21. Angels fight against the demonic, Revelation 12, 7 through 9. And angels carry the saved to heaven, Luke 16, 22. That's the scripture where Lazarus, not the 
I don't believe it's the Lazarus that God called or Jesus called out and rose from the dead, but a different one. But the one that uh, Lazarus's other person was in hell and wanting, man, if you could just send Lazarus to tell my friends and my loved ones that hell is real and and um, God is telling him, you can't do that. He's, he's in heaven and he's... Uh, can't leave. So that little interaction, it says the angels carried Lazarus to heaven. So when you pray to God, you may not understand what's happening. How are my prayers even being heard? I don't hear an answer. I don't, I don't feel a confirmation. I don't see a difference. But when you pray, I made this list because it shows that God is doing something. God is sending angels. Uh, sometimes when we're driving along and, and we may think, oh, I saw this random sign and it just encouraged me. And I, I bet an angel put it there. I bet an angel caused whoever made the sign, okay? Uh, God probably used an angel to put it there. When you pray for an unsaved loved one, like I mentioned earlier, God will use and send angels to speak to the person, to help a person, to do something to show the power of God in their life. It's still up to them to recognize this is God um, and I should serve him. But God will use angels to carry out his mission. Uh, When you pray to God for protection, angels uh, surround people to protect them we we often say we all have a guardian angel and man mine's probably you know worn out (laughs) okay Um, their angels are sent to protect us and to help us do we have one specific uh, assigned to us I don't know but they they are uh, commissioned to help us and protect us and uh, minister to us uh when you pray to God, messages, I just mentioned that about seeing a sign or, or a quote uh, or something, if something that catches our eye and it, uh, or a person that comes to say something to us or um, help us or uh, whatever it could be, that could be an angel. They're there to fight our battles. Um, we talked about it, we had a worship song about it and there's a couple about Uh, how we fight our battles, and that's through prayer. When you pray, you're literally, I can't say this enough, you're activating the kingdom of God to fight for you. When you don't know how to fight, I don't know what I can do uh, to help my friend. I don't know what I can do uh, to, to stop this. Man, when you pray, God activates the kingdom of God and the angels will come and fight your battles for you. There are, I promise you, uh, there are demons that try uh, just as hard. The, the Satan is out to kill, still and destroy, the Bible says, uh, and he commissions demons uh, to do that, to fight against us. But greater is God than anything Uh, the devil throws at us. There is a constant battle going on uh, over you. You may not think you're very important. Uh, You may not think anybody even knows you exist. But I promise you, uh, God knows that you exist 
and the devil knows that you exist. And they're fighting over you. There's a battle for your soul. Whether it's at uh, work or anywhere, there is a battle for you. There's demons that are always trying to tempt you, always trying to uh, get you off your path towards God. They want to distract you. They want to fight. They, they don't want, as much as God loves you, Satan hates you. He doesn't want you to succeed. God wants you to succeed. Everything that God is, uh, Satan is against He's roaring like a a lion, looking for someone to devour. He wants you to fail. We have to keep fighting. We have to keep marching. We have to keep going. We have to keep taking steps towards God and forgetting what is behind. Paul talks about we strain towards what is ahead. The Christian uh, faith is not an easy one. Our walk with God is not a a smooth path, right? It's worse than the Great Wall of China, (laughs) okay? It's difficult, um, but it's worth fighting for, and you have so many people in your corner fighting for you, praying for you. This part isn't in my notes, but when I was in uh, Bible college down in Ellendale, I didn't even know it, but a couple years into it, uh, we would go to different churches and um, do ministry and stuff like that. And I wish I could remember what church it was, but uh, a lady uh, came to me and she had my high school senior picture that my, the college had had. And they had sent out um, to have people pray over the college students. And she had my uh, picture and she had been praying for me, and I didn't even know her. I didn't know how she um, got that. But, man, people are fighting for you that you don't even know. And I don't know why I'm getting emotional. But um, the power of God is real. Um, the spiritual world is real. Another time in uh, Hebrews 13, verse 2, is another interesting verse to study. It tells us that often we entertain angels without even knowing it. Meaning they, they will show up in human form and you may not be able to recognize uh, that they're even angels until something clicks. <laughs> Whoa. I was going to give us more time to pray. I'm going to try to um, just finish this out a little bit. Longer, I know I told you at 11.35, but we'll go a couple more minutes before you come. When we look at our life and how God is fighting for us, and um, one particular story of when I believe that uh, we saw an angel or interacted with an angel is... uh, uh, my wife and I were driving back to my house in Spokane, and it's the I-94, but after Billings, it was Interstate 90. And uh, there was a bad snowstorm, uh, which apparently isn't all that uncommon <laughs> anymore up here. And we're fighting through this snowstorm, and it, it got so bad, we decided we're going to pull off, and we got to try to find uh, a place to uh, get off of the road and, and find uh, refuge for the night. 
we were dumb uh, college students and we were just going to drive through the night. But uh, we take this exit and there was a semi that had pulled off, so we thought he, he's much smarter uh, than me, so let's see uh, what his plan is. And we pulled up next to him to ask him, and uh, he wasn't the angel. Uh, he just said, I'm trying to get off the highway, get out of my way. And so we, we drove ahead a little bit, let him uh, park, and we, we drove on this road, and we see a building with a light on, and it's a, camp, a campground, and so we drive up there hoping maybe they would let us stay the night. Um, this is, I don't even know what time of night. It was late, 11, 12, I don't know. And uh, I go in and the doors are unlocked. Um, nobody's in there. And it's a Christian camp. I can tell by the signage and, and stuff. And I'm like, wow, okay. Um, I don't know what to do because it's dark. And um, so I'm waiting, and a man and his uh, son come out um, from a, a different part of the building, and they let us stay um, the night there for free, and they helped us, and it was just awesome. We've tried, this was 20 years ago, and we've tried to find that place that was literally just off of the highway. We didn't even drive a quarter of a mile off of the exit, and we can't find it. I don't know, um, looking up, you know, we tried to look up names and stuff like that and just, uh, we don't see it again. <laughs> and so we kind of wonder, was that um, an angel that God sent us to a, a place of refuge uh, for that night? There was no other uh, campers there when we got up in the morning to leave. It was just a crazy um, event and it, it it could be explained, I guess, if, if we find it. But in that moment and to this day, I believe that we were interacting with an angel. And there's different stories like that that uh, you guys have probably shared of God uh, sending someone for provisions um, to help, whatever it would be. But I want to wrap up our story of Jacob's ladder like this. It's a, it's a glimpse at what takes place all the time, day and night, God commands angels to and fro. We pray, God hears, God answers, angels move, or God heals, or the Holy Spirit speaks. There are so many uh, things that happen once you pray. The kingdom of God is activated. I'll have the worship team come and ushers if you can prepare for communion this morning. I want to encourage you as we close today, I, I wanted to give more time uh, for prayer and we'll do that as we take communion today and as we sing, you're welcome to uh, continue in, in prayer, but I wanted to uh, transition to communion this way. The Assemblies of God is a large denomination. We have um, our church's Assemblies of God. The state of North Dakota has superintendent over that state churches. And then we have a national superintendent over the world of Assemblies of God. And I was watching a video of, of his just encouraging pastors. And he said something God spoke to him uh, this week. And that he's going to take everywhere he speaks for this year. God told him, don't be so concerned about unanswered prayers. Be more concerned about the unoffered prayers. 
Meaning sometimes we stop praying because maybe we've prayed over something for uh, 20 years or, or we feel like we've prayed 10 times about this and, and nothing's happened, so uh, we're just going to move on. And God just uh, encouraged him. Uh, we need to be uh, more concerned about not offering prayers to God. We need to always be communicating with God, bringing our needs to him. And if there's something that has discouraged us, like, man, he hasn't uh, healed this person yet, or he hasn't um, saved uh, my child yet, or he hasn't um, done this or done that, man, just keep praying. Would you pray one more time for that need today? And, and this week, pray again. Don't be uh, so concerned about the unanswered prayers. Be more concerned about the unoffered prayers. In just a moment, we'll take communion and we'll do it uh, the normal way. You can come to the middle and gather, get, collect, you know, pick up your uh, communion and then take it back to your seats and we'll... Um, We'll pray and and take it together. So ushers, you can go ahead and uh, prepare that and serve us. Congregation, you can stand and when they're ready, you can go ahead and uh, come. Kiss on prayer this week. Help us. God, that you would meet with us when we set aside a moment to pray, uh, that you would be there and your Holy Spirit would just move. Uh, We would be quick to give you the glory, the honor for the answers to our prayers this week, God. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed to go. I know in about an hour, a lot of you will be praying for the North Dakota State Bison, so we pray that God meets you there as well. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.